It is easy for worship leaders to feel alone. There is tremendous pressure on us each week to perform, to lead, and to help direct an amazing experience of worship and connection to God. But it's so overwhelming. There's no place to go to talk through these unique challenges worship leaders face. Welcome to the table. Hey everybody, welcome to the next episode of The Table. Uh, my name is Jason Squires, and I am joined by a bunch of really funny people. We uh, <laughs> we just got, just before we hit record, we were all laughing and having a great time. But uh, let's let's uh, let's introduce ourselves, Grant. Why do you why don't you start us off? Yes, hello everybody. My name is Grant Norsworthy. Uh, some of the world would call me Grant, and I'm okay with that. And I'm speaking to you from New Zealand. Uh, where I live, and I am the founder, the content developer, the principal instructor for a thing called More Than Music Mentor, which provides online and on-site training for the heart and the art of worshipping musicians. I love that. How, uh, go, uh, how about you, Joe? Sure. I'm, I'm Joe Hornis, and I was worship leader for about 40 years, and uh, now I'm doing worship consulting and coaching online at the Joe Hornis Worship Collective. And I'm thrilled to be hanging out with all these guys. Fabulous. And go ahead, Andy. I'm Andy Baker. I'm the managing director at Resound Media. And within there, we do a number of things. We lead a community called Homegrown Worship. I run a crowdfunding platform for artists called Rocket Fuel. And I occasionally get to play tennis as well as I haven't played cricket in a long time, but we're not going to talk about cricket anymore. <laughs> and where are you coming from i am in the uk i'm in the southwest of england in gloucestershire uh, or gloucestershire um from the uk originally from sheffield and i don't know if any of you guys know where any of these places are but it's kind of near no. london within no a few hours <laughs> general vicinity that's general. generally near london in that's, england how about you michael uh, my name is Michael Vaughn. I am based in the northwestern part of the United States in a state called Oregon. And I'm a worship pastor in a local church here. I work with a network of churches called River Valley Church. Love uh, love God's people, love spending time raising up worship leaders uh, within our network, and also love um, getting to travel and, and teach at conferences and, and seminars and different, different things. And it's really fun to see that start to boot up. Actually, I think my first live um, teaching this, the next two days. There's a, a conference in our region, and so they're starting back up again. So it's mm -hmm. exciting that uh, we're able to get out and be with people and minister. So wahoo! That's amazing. I did my first uh, concert actually a couple nights ago in front of people that I hadn't done those in a long time, and was like, "This is not just a Sunday morning, but another thing you came to church for. This is so good. It's so, so it's so good." And, and Jason, you're, you're the host with the most of this podcast. Why don't you introduce yourself? I'm the host with the most. That's uh, yeah. Yes, my name is Jason Squires, uh, and I um, am a worship leader, travel around leading worship at churches, and I uh, get, to, get to do this and have fun with worship leaders and training and developing. And I actually just uh, yesterday launched a new, a new thing that we're calling the Creative Launch, and it is just uh, the opportunity to help creatives thrive and 
uh, doing everything we can to uh, give creatives the tools to be successful. And so, um, yeah, so that was actually literally pushed the launch button yesterday on that mm -hmm. with our uh, all of our social media platforms and um, and so it's been a it's been an exciting it's been an exciting couple of weeks. That's, um, that's interesting. That's interesting, Jason, because I just launched something called Creative Lunch, and it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> when I get already? <laughs> I get to eat the most favorite things I can find creatively. So we're we're close visions, you know. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here, Michael. The <laughs> this month on the podcast, um, we're talking about something a little different, kind of a different topic. Uh, talking about the effects, long-term effects music can have on your body if you're not careful. Um, we talked about, uh, earlier this month, we talked about voice and everything that that comes with warming up and taking care of your voice. Um, we talked about uh, running sound in the church, what that could be if you're running things too hot, what it can actually damage people's hearing. Talked about in-ear monitors and making sure that you're, you're using them properly. Um, we talked... T talking about playing guitar and some of that, some of the things that come along with that. But today, I wanted to talk with you guys about um, like energy as a leader because that's a big that's a big deal on a Sunday morning. Um, but first off, what would you tell somebody that's just starting their musical journey? Like they're just beginning to be like wanting to start into music. Something maybe you wish you knew. Um, I'll I'll go first on this one. I um, I. Used to think my, my when I was taking guitar lessons, I used to think my instructor was crazy when he was talking about proper form playing guitar and like actually damaging damaging your arms and making sure that you're playing things correctly. And and then as like I've gotten older and been playing guitar now about 25 years, I'm like, oh, I'm I have I have wrist problems. I have problems that come along with actually poorly playing my instrument or uh, poorly playing uh, poorly singing, not warming up on Sundays and not warming up before I go out and um there that comes that comes that has come at a cost and there's been times where I'm like I wish I would have I wish I would have actually listened when when I first started off and kind of built in some of those good habits as a musician. But what about you guys? What are some things that you guys have uh have learned or would say? Yeah, Grant. Yeah, I'll jump in there. Um yeah, I you know, I, as I look back as a younger man, I just was really passionate about music i loved music and i'm and i let music be the goal like i thought the objective of everything i was doing was to make great music to make music that i felt deserved a bigger audience sort of thing you know but what i wish i'd known way back then and what i'd share now is that music should not be the destination music is actually the vehicle to a better destination and the better destination is connection Music has this ability to help people connect, but not just with each other through the music, but also, I believe, with God through the music. And uh, choosing the right music for the moment that helps that connection happen is something that I wish I'd known earlier. Because I thought it was about me presenting songs that I thought were great and people better sort of get alongside it. You know, yep. they better agree with me about that. Um and I sure, sure, I want the vehicle that I ride into this destination of connection to be the best one possible. You know, <laughs> a Mercedes is better than a Ford in that sort of setting. No, no bias intended there. But uh, yeah, I want a good vehicle. But I, but I want the destination to be the objective uh, that I'm inspiring people with, and I'm inspired by that connection with God and connection with each other. That's huge. I love it. Yeah. Let's go, Michael, and then Andy. Go ahead, uh -huh. Michael. Yeah, on the same page, 
uh, yeah, on the same page with Grant on that, I would say too often our getting good at our art is consuming. All of us can relate to seasons where we just throw ourselves into learning an instrument or honing our voice or honing our songwriting skills or whatever it would be. But I would say work on your art, but work on your heart mm. at the same time, like put in disciplines to hone your character, hone who you are because art comes and goes and your abilities to do the things that you love the most can be taken away from you. Um, I ex had that experience uh, one time about 10 years ago, I lost my voice, had a vocal injury, lost my voice uh, for six months and totally had an identity crisis, had no idea what I was going to do. And the Lord had to take me down a path to show me that I'm, my identity exists outside of my gifting and the ways he lets me serve him. And that there's something else to me other than what people see or what they hear or experience on the outside. So I think, you know, cultivating who you are inside is, is massive. I, as, as you said this in the beginning, Jason, I, I read uh, just yesterday with some of our worship leaders, we have a, a book club with our interns and, and we're going through Jeremy Riddle's The Reset right now. And he says in chapter two, a well-guarded heart is the key to life. So I, I think, yeah, for us as worship leader, cultivate the heart, be about the most important things that, that, that are eternal. Uh, yes, work on your art. The vehicle, like like Grant said, the, the delivery method, it's huge. Because if your art is is struggling, uh, it will limit your capacity and your ability to influence and help the breadth of that. But gosh, work, hone the heart. Enough said. I love it. How about, go ahead, Andy. Yeah, I think one of the things I always struggled with as a, as a musician and as I started getting involved in music with church, I think was kind of the discipline of, you know, learning the instruments properly. I was very impatient with learning the piano as a, as a youngster. I didn't do my scales. I did, I did, I was really interested in the creative aspect, but not kind of in the technical side. And essentially I think it comes down to kind of coaching. You need, you need relationships with people who can help you develop those disciplines and i think coaching goes across the musical side it goes across the spiritual side it can go across the you know creative entrepreneurial side as well um and i think you know if i could go back in time uh it's kind of someone just to remind me look you need to you need to do the discipline uh as well as the stuff that you're you're drawn to because i think it helps to, it helps to round you and i think um that's something i wish i'd have taken more seriously or i've known earlier that it's going to Maybe maybe I feel like I've got I've got to a limit with what I can do instrumentally uh, because of a lack of discipline. And I think if we if we're not disciplined spiritually, perhaps a limit it's a limit to what we can do uh, in terms of our ministry as well. So um, yeah, so I've, I often think about that. If I could go back and tell my my you know ten year old self something, it'd be do your scales. You know, even if it's not fun, do your scales. Also, you know, read your Bible and pray every day in the same kind of way. Be disciplined and routine and routine oriented. I love it. Yeah, Joe. Yeah, just off of that, um, I my thoughts would be similar to Andy's, but the um I find myself the longer that I led worship and in, the more deeply I learned to walk with and just love God. I found myself often as a worship leader you know, in being, in trying to emote what I wanted to express musically, what was going on in my heart personally. 
And so you hit those points where you go, oh, I wish I could hit that note. I wish I could play that run. I, I, you know, I, there's all of this going on in their spirit that you just go, oh, I want to express it. And yeah, and I've often thought, oh, I wish I could go back to when I was a kid and say, learn it now, do the scales, do the work, because there's going to come a point where you're going to go, oh, I wish that was what was in me could actually come out through my fingers or through my voice. And, um, and I'm often limited by my skill in what I can express because I just don't always have the skills. I got to work with, um, and well became really dear friends with uh, Abraham Laboriel, who's the most uh, recorded bass player in history. And uh, Abraham and I had a number of times where we've gotten to lead worship a lot of times actually together. But one of the things I love about him is he has this huge heart for God, but when it bubbles up in worship and he wants to lay something down, he can, whatever's in his heart is coming out his fingers and with freedom and power. And I just look at him and go, ah, oh, I wish I could express myself that freely musically and uh, but it comes from walking with God long enough in daily so that you fall in love with him and then it comes from doing the work musically so that someday uh, you you actually can give expression to what's in your spirit you know, you know a, a great picture that's helped me with that is thinking about as we do the the work whether it be on you've, you've heard musical scales mentioned or learning music theory or like developing those skills uh, it's like you're a painter um you know an artist painter and the more skills you can have it's almost like your palette of colors gets larger you've got more different blobs of color that you can apply to the canvas now um and sometimes a danger can be, wow, I've got all these colors. I need to use all of them on every canvas. <laughs> and you don't want to go that far. But I tell you what, if you're sitting there with just two colors on your palette and you're trying to paint a canvas, that's a struggle. And uh, so I think all of us, it sounds like we're all agreeing that, you know, doing the hard yards of, uh, you know, developing your skill set is going to be a really good thing but i don't don't ever think you have to be 10 to do it or 15 you know whatever age you are there's still time to work on those musical skills That's well said absolutely wait my um wife and i own and run a music teaching studio as well and i can't tell you how many times parents call us and they'll go how many lessons until my son plays guitar and you're like that's not how <laughs> that's actually not how it works or um but then i will say we had one time a lady called us she was a 95 year old lady wanting to sign up for drums and i was so oh, excited yeah. i was so excited <laughs> she bought a drum kit from a from a, a kid in her church and said it was an 18 year old kid needed the money so she bought the drum kit he brought it over to her living room set it up and then she called me and wanted drum lessons and i was like i just want to be on the on the a fly on the wall when the cop shows up at midnight and they're because of a noise complaint and knocks on the door and is like, excuse me, ma'am, is your grandson home playing the drum? No, I'm sorry. Pulls the sticks out. It was me, you know. Um, she's, but, got, she's wearing sweatbands now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it is like to, to your point, it is never too late. It is never too late. So another question for you guys. Uh, I mean, how do you guys maintain energy and drive as a leader? So if you're because um, you're coming into there's always something there's always 
negative <laughs> things coming at you, positive things coming at you. Um, like, how do you guys maintain? You just, never get any negative things, do we, guys? Wow, yeah. I'm going to go to your church. That you never get any negative, <laughs> anything negative coming at you. The uh, no, and uh, what do you guys? How do you? What do you guys do to maintain that like energy and drive and making sure that you're staying focused on what is in front of you? Yeah, Michael. This to me goes back to some of our previous conversations about rest and having a rhythm of rest and Sabbath. And I, I, for the most part of my career, I've been awful at it. I'm so thankful for my wife because she has um, really encouraged me, you know, in the last several years and supported me in the journey to just be healthier. Because if you're down for the count and you're always at your max bandwidth, everything, you, you look at everything through those lenses and you're just, it's not good. So I think, you need to be healthy. You need to find a way to live a healthy lifestyle, practicing those moments when you're, you're given 150% to your craft and your art in the moment, but whatever's happening, but then you also need to learn how to rest well. And that's a journey I'm on right now is learning how to rest well. And then, and just be regularly learn how to take care of yourself. I, I, uh, I remember one time I, I was blessed to get to open for Lincoln Brewster at this concert and we were, I don't remember if it was the morning after one of the meals in that season, he got out, <laughs> cracked me up. He got out these, all these packets of powders and things and mixed up all these things. And here we are eating like eggs and bacon and just living the dream. And I remember at first I thought it was nuts. And I was like, this guy takes his health really serious. This mm. guy is on and off a lot of airplanes and he's playing a lot of places and going back and forth across the country. And and he is, has a very disciplined regimen to take care of his emotional and physical health. And that really inspired me and made an impact. So I think that that's huge. That's huge, huge. Yeah. Go ahead, Andy. So I'm going to take you back to uh, 2017. And it's just going to sound a little bit like a weight loss infomercial, but I was really <laughs> tired. I was really stressed and I was... I was kind of, a, I was going to say two stone heavier than I am now. It's probably about one and a half or maybe one and a quarter. Cause I probably stone, put... Andy. What are you talking about? Oh, goodness. We, we, imperial <laughs> units here, Grant. You need to. You know. <laughs> I'm with you, mate. Aren't you, aren't you part of the Commonwealth? Anyway. Right, I get it. I'm just uh, thinking about these Americans right, so on this was, call and the Americans I was listening. Quite a few, I was quite a few pounds o- overweight and I was just really busy. I was, I was burning the candle at both ends, just doing so much and, you know, and it, it was taking its toll on me, and um, I felt that I needed a bit of a, I needed a reboot. I needed to kind of press the reset button, and so I, I went through this process. I, I actually started with a diet, so I, I got disciplined with what I was eating, um, and that that really helped. I actually lost a couple of stone. You'll have to do the conversion grant for pounds. Twenty eight so pounds. Twenty eight pounds. I lost twenty eight pounds in two months, and. Um, I um, went for some prayer ministry at church. We, we uh, you know, had a couple of hours of forgiving lots of people and uh, realizing, you know, who'd hurt me and what God was wanting to say to me through a time of prayer ministry. And then I went on a holiday and I switched my inbox off, uh, you know, and my phone off for 10 days. And I felt really kind of reset. But then the Lord started to speak to me about how, you know, th- this wasn't just like a, a thing just for a season. This is how he kind of wanted me to be like in this place of feeling lighter and freer kind of spiritually and, and physically. 
and so I, I kind of started this morning routine, which I um, began at the beginning of 2018. And this talking about energy and being able to, you know, step into what God's calling you to do. I, I, I kind of cracked this routine every morning of doing journaling, which I'd never done before. Um, and that, you know, the Bible says we should be transformed by the renewing of our minds uh, in Romans 12. And I found journaling kind of really helped me to do that process, what I was thinking about and conversations with myself and with the Lord through writing. And then I'd do a gratitude list because I spent so much of my time being unthankful and thinking, why has this not happened yet? Or being impatient. And the gratitude list is just again enter his courts with thanksgiving. And then I'd open my eyes and my ears to what the Lord is saying through prayer through reading scriptures, and then I'd open my mouth in praise and just respond to what the Lord's saying, how I'm feeling each morning. And out of this routine came songs, many, many, many songs. And that's how actually the homegrown worship uh, community was kind of born out of these songs that came thick and fast. I actually ended up recording 52 of them and releasing them in a, in a year, <laughs> in 2018, that? 2019. That's a whole other story. That's a whole other episode about how do you, you know, how do you release 52 songs in a year? But the thing that I, I still try and do this, I'm not doing it as many days as I should. I'm probably doing, you know, five out of seven days. I go through this routine, but that really grounds me and it starts the day off right. And without that, um, you know, you end up looking at your inbox first thing in the morning and you're reactive or you look at the news. And uh, I remember Michael, I, sh I shared this with Michael a few years ago and he, he said, I like this. It's like, you know, you hear from him before you hear from them. And I think that's the way to start our days off is, is to hear from God and get his perspective on who we are and not be consumed by the inbox or by our progress or who's commented on this on social media, just get connected with God. And I think that gives you the sustenance that you need for, for the day ahead. That was amazing. Uh, that's yes. I was, I love that hear from him before you hear from them that's great well that was michael's line i mean no did you know well, every, everything you said i like michael's like no i like i just i did the concept there's though it just it's 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 all good it's all it's all good yeah grant did you sit did you have something yeah I, we're talking about uh, how do you maintain your energy level and um i hope i'm not mixing topics here but to me it's almost the same as talking about how do you maintain your inspiration levels or how do you how do you avoid getting bored yeah um honestly i I I feel like I've known a lot of musicians over the years and I'm you know I'm pretty old. I've I've been around for a while and I think I've seen a lot of musicians who did over years just sort of get bored, uninspired, lower energy. Mm. And um you know I can't you know I can't speak for for all of them, but one thing I noticed was I think they still thought like I was saying earlier that the objective was making great music that satisfied them. Um and that won't maintain you. But I, I think since, since I've realised that music is merely the, the vehicle for connection, that inspires me. Now, I have the privilege I, uh, of travelling quite a bit, so I get in front of different groups of people in different situations. I'm not in front of the same congregation every Sunday morning, so I imagine that might have its own challenges. Um, but for me, this sense of, wow, I get to help people connect with God and connect with each other. And I get to choose the songs and present them in a way that helps that happen. And because for me, it's a new group of people, you know, most times that, that is super exciting for me uh, and inspiring. 
and I don't find myself struggling with energy for that. Uh, but if, but I think it's the same even if you are in front of the same group every Sunday morning. You know, how do I help this connection happen? Don't try to find uh, your inspiration in delivering songs well. Find inspiration in helping people connect. Um, and some of our listeners might be familiar with Yo-Yo Ma, the cellist, mm-hmm. amazing cello player. I, I read a quote from him recently where he's, he said that he thought the objective was always to, to give the perfect concert to play a whole concert perfectly. And he was always striving for that. This is earlier in his career. And um, if you've ever heard him play, everything he plays is perfect as far as I can tell. But to him, it's not. You know, he was always shooting for something beyond what I could understand as being perfect. And he tells a story of one night he's in a massive concert hall somewhere and he's about three quarters of the way through his concert playing cello. And he says to himself, so far, it is perfect. This is the first time I've played a perfect concert to this point. And at that point, he realized he was extremely bored. (laughs) (laughs) Even though he was finally delivering the perfect concert. And that changed his mindset. You know, now he would say that musicians are architects of the human soul and music is to help connection happen. And now he's inspired, you know, and if he makes it, if he flubs a note, I'm not going to notice. His audience probably won't notice, but he might notice, but he doesn't care that much anymore. It's Mm. about connection. I love it. Joe, did you have a thought there? Yeah, just a quick one. But, you know, earlier on we, when we were talking, it's, it was like, wow, it sounds like we're talking to a bunch of athletes here, you know, yeah. about about eating right and sleeping right and, you know, staying motivated. And But when you really stop and think about our roles that God's invited us to play, that we are called to be people that are creative, you know, we've talked about writers and 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 putting songs and music together. Uh, we're called to be relational, to build teams, and to do this with people that love each other and love God and that we love. And so there's a relational component, and then there's there's the spiritual component. That picture, that idea of going. My desire is to use music to paint people an amazing picture of God to which their hearts can respond and. And we do that better when we are uh, more gifted and, you know, when, musically, when, when, when we can express ourselves more deep, deeply. So it really is an amazing challenge. And then you throw in there, which you've said a few times before, where you say Sundays roll around with amazing regularity. Yep. And you go, now you're not just somebody saying, hey, I've got a put together a show that we're going to take on the road, you know, for the next six months, we go, no, I have to put it on a brand new show every seven days. And, and not that what we're doing is putting on a show, but no, we bring makes sense, those same pressures of being creative and relational and spiritual to the table every seven days. And, and it is, it is really worth giving thought to, to go on, what is my daily routine? How do I walk with God in a daily on a daily level, how do I discipline my life so that I stay sane and and fulfilled and joyful? Um, how do I say no? One of the biggest challenges I think for church work is there's always another need. There's always something else you could do. And uh, I remember a friend of mine years ago uh, saying, 
he said, the, the work I'm doing for God is killing the work of God in me. Mm-hmm. And wow. that that's scary when we get so busy doing things for God that it's killing the work of God in us. And, um, and that challenge to say, um, how do we order our lives, which is the question you're asking, but where we stay relationally fresh, where we stay spiritually deep and creatively um, inspired. And um, that's, that's a real challenge. Yeah. If you guys are anything like me on Sunday mornings, I tend to uh, give it everything and then leave kind of just like drained mentally, physically, kind of like leaving that, uh, leaving that scenario, uh, leaving that scenario exhausted. What do you, um, what do you guys do on Sundays specifically to make sure that you have enough energy for the mornings, especially if you guys do multiple services or, uh, maybe you did a Saturday night service and also Sunday morning. So it's kind of your whole weekend, but like what, uh, maybe you have an early call time and, or just the, all the aspects that go into to Sunday mornings. It's just, there's a physical aspect to it. What are you doing physically? Uh, how do you kind of help that process? And, um, and I, I, for me on this last weekend, I did a Sunday morning and then I had a few hours off and had to come back and do a Sunday night. And that is a, that is a trick to not come out and kind of like turn your brain off. And then you have to kind of ramp back up to get back into doing an event Sunday night. And those are hard because Sunday night you get there and you're just like, Oh, okay, here I am back to, back to being, you know, energy, energetic again. And, you know, get up on stage and kind of, because that was for a concert. So it was just a lot of talking and singing. Um, But for you guys, what do you guys kind of do for that? Yeah, I'll start. I, I think the fact that you're bringing it up, Jason, being aware of what it's going to cost us physically and emotionally is good uh, because then we can even plan. So, you know, props for bringing it up because I yeah. think being aware, like it hit me recently. I don't know about you guys, but I find I can sometimes be at my physical and emotional low, like the lowest point in the week is probably Sunday afternoon. <laughs> yeah. And I found like frustration with kids or interaction with my wife, or I just, we give it all and it's the end of the week and you should be just dancing in the fields of grace, but you're jeweling on your face. I mean, you're just like, you're just on the couch and you're just, you got nothing. And then life still happens. And you need to respond. So knowing what, that you're up against something is good. And then approaching it that way, like for me, I don't get up at the last second on a Sunday morning. I try and give myself enough time that I can settle myself in. Also, not only do vocal warm-ups, I try and my vocal coach always says, do, you know, try and sing a little bit, do some warm-ups, at least five minutes, an hour before you're going to sound check so that you're just trying to, so I want to warm up my body. I want to warm up my voice. Um, Hopefully I can drink a little coffee or have a little something small to eat, but just, I want to start coming alive. So I'm not dragging into rehearsal because that doesn't give my best for the Lord. That doesn't give my best for the team. Um, and then we're leaders. So people are, if, if we are leading a team, you know, people are looking at, to us to lead them and be on the ball and, you know, dragging going, uh, I'm tired. Doesn't quite cut it for everybody else. It's not really giving them their best. So anyways, I think being aware of it, going into it, planning, 
I, I don't eat a whole lot Sunday mornings because it messes with my voice. So I try and I do very small things, more protein based things, but not even a ton. And I'll maybe eat like a kind bar nuts through the, through the morning, a little bit at a time. But I, I don't know about you guys when you, when you're, if you're singing back to back services and you get your voice gets to a place where you're like, okay, I like it right now. I didn't want to take a drink of water. <laughs> everything's just, everything's resonating, right? You're in that spot. And it's like, you walk through a green room and it's like, Oh my gosh, that Twinkie's calling my name, but I got to say no. <laughs> what's what's <laughs> a Twinkie? Like, <laughs> what's, it's in the UK and uh, Australia, New Zealand. A, a, a very a bad dessert. <laughs> it's, uh, it's probably 120th a stone. <laughs> and uh, it's good. Weighs a few ounces, but puts on a pound. <laughs> exactly. But it's yeah. good for 20 years. So put it in your fallout shelter because, you know, you'll need it <laughs> at the end of days. Anyways, I will stop and pass the mic. Uh, anyway, Joe, you have some, th- some thoughts on that one on your Sunday morning? Oh, I would agree uh, with Michael. Just um, I, 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 you know, so often I, I hear people kind of want to, you know, cut get up as late as possible and keep rehearsals as short as possible and all of those kind of things on Sunday morning. And I always want to look at it and went, I want to bring God my very best offering on Sunday morning. This is the ball game. So if I knew that getting up an extra half hour early meant that I got to warm up vocally and come in with a voice that's ready to, to, to sing at least to the best of my ability. Um, if, if getting up an extra, another half hour early meant that I actually got to spend time in quiet uh, with my Bible and my journal and preparing my heart and getting my spirit ready and, um, and going, okay, th- then I'm, then I'm going to do that. If, if preparing a devotional that I can share with my team that motivates us and get and centers our hearts around what we're trying to do, then Sunday morning, you know, it's like, well, no, you get up and do what you need to do. And then yes, you should come home and crash on the couch and drool down your chin. You know, you go, <laughs> yeah, that's the time to be tired. And that, that there is a time to pray, to, to take a break and to rest. And then to go, what is it that restores my soul? What is it that breathes life back into me? But, um, but to me on Sunday, that getting up early enough and making it a priority, say, I'm going to walk into this with my heart and my, my, vo- my voice, my fingers. I want to walk in as well prepared as I can so that I am f- as freed up as possible to bring God the best offering that I can. That's game day. I love it. Andy, did you have a thought on that one? Yeah, I think one of the things that I've tried to do over the years, which I think kind of maybe eases the burden of, you know, you've got lots to do, got lots of things to think about. And physically, it's quite, and emotionally, it can be very demanding being in, in church. I used to work at a church when I was when I was younger that had five services on a Sunday and they were all different styles of service. Thankfully the, the 8am service was a a Holy communion with no, with no singing. So I never got roped into that, but there were some, some weeks I would do morning services, two evening services and different sets of songs. And and they were some tiring times. I think one of the things that I've 
always try to do when when I lead lead worship is make sure that part of my preparation is ensuring that I really connect with the song. Grant talked earlier about the need, you know, it's not a polished performance that we need to deliver. We need to help people to connect with the songs. And I think if you're going into your rehearsal before the service or you're going into leading, um, having that kind of renewed revelation of what's contained in the song you're singing, it kind of lifts a bit of the burden and the pressure off you to have to make it happen through your your performance and and that kind of thing. I, I really feel that there's something powerful in that when we get a fresh revelation. And sometimes it can be difficult when we're singing 10,000 Reasons for the 10,000th time. It can be difficult, but perhaps, you know, just taking a moment to say, okay, Lord, what do you want to show me through this song in my kind of inner room time, uh, you know, at home when I'm preparing. Uh, and perhaps as we take that in, it's like, that's, a, I feel a place where God can really minister through us rather than it being about a polished performance, which I, you know, is like Grant says, it's, it's, it's the vehicle, isn't it? It's not, that's not the destination. Yeah. Yeah. Glad a, yeah. There was a, when I was back at, at Willow Creek, when there was a gal on our team named Marta, and when she sang, I mean, she had incredible gifts, but it always came from somewhere deep in her soul. And I remember one time, some of us were, we were on a plane, we were going somewhere to do something, and she had a journal out, and she was writing, and somebody said, well, what are you writing? And um, she said, I'm just writing out the, the lyrics of the song that I'm going to sing. And we're like, you don't have it memorized yet? And she goes, oh, no, I just write it out over and over until I feel like I really internalize it, till it really can come from somewhere deep inside of me. Mm. And writing it out and thinking about what it's really saying helps me do that. I, I, was, I never forgot that picture of wow. her just writing the lyrics in her journal because she so much wanted it to come from from an authentic place in her heart. And um, that's a little different than staying healthy, but it is about prepare how we prepare and, and you know, not just trying to wow people with their performance, but having something real that comes from our spirits. Well, I, I feel like um, I, I'm not sure I've got much to contribute to this part of the conversation. And I feel like what you guys are saying is stuff I need to hear. So, so thank you. And I guess my situation is a little bit different because uh, I can go uh, weeks or even longer with with no opportunity to get in front of a group of people, especially through the COVID times. Um, and then then that can be followed by really intense uh, periods of being in front of people. Like I'm thinking of a weekend just recently where I I rehearsed a band on a Saturday morning and then did a rehearsal workshop for another band on a Saturday afternoon and then another one on Saturday evening. And then I Jeez. did the music and preaching for two church services on Sunday morning, same venue, then rehearsed a band on Sunday afternoon for a combined church's event that night. And I was, yeah. And <laughs> I can't even, I don't even know what to do with that was, statement. I don't know. How it I, was wild. But, and I, and they were all, you know, anyway, I felt like I had to grab all those opportunities because I don't, you know, like I, I'm feeling bad about all those weeks when I didn't do anything, uh, maybe, but, uh, 
Yeah. So I, I mean, I made it. I made it through. Yeah. And there's this product that maybe Andy and I know about called Barocca that it's not freely available in the United States. You, do you have Barocca over in America? No, you don't. I used to import it when I lived in America for 17 years, and it's just a, it's just a, a, a what it, what is it? Andy? It's like a supplement of vitamin B. I was right? like, please tell us what this is because I mean, isn't it? It's, it's just not cocaine based. <laughs> <laughs> That's no. what. No, yeah. it's definitely not. It's definitely not. But yeah, trying like, to get enough. I did not import that into the United States when try, I <laughs> trying to get an, enough sleep, not having any dairy before any speaking or singing opportunity, and um, and I don't always get enough sleep. But you know, but a barocca is just a, a vitamin supplement. It's a lot. It's like a, a a big shot of vitamin B, as far as I understand it, and it carries me through. I don't know. It does strange things. When you get to the toilet, though, like it makes the urine glow, but uh, that's probably not probably not worth mentioning on this that's, podcast. Well, it already got mentioned, so that's but, fun. Yeah, um, they anyway, love that. Red Bulls are the same thing. Yeah, yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love it. So, I always like to ask the food questions because you guys you guys know this, and we talked a little bit about this. Grant, but Grant already answered his. Yeah, we're gonna Grant already <laughs> answered his. Grant can't talk anymore. Uh, no, but the uh, what what uh, Sunday morning? What do you guys? What are you eating on Sunday morning? And do you snack throughout the day? Do you do you snack? Like what is like your Sunday morning go to? Make sure that you're 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 ready for the day. Um, we have found. Uh, I have. I used to. I used to. I'm. I, I need protein in the morning on Sundays to kind of give me that energy uh, to give to kind of last me through the Sunday. And then I definitely. Uh, my wife puts my snacks in her purse, like uh, it's because we have three daughters, and so they the snacks. There's there's always snacks happening, and when I got off the stage on Sunday, she opens her purse, and there's a snack in there for me, like, and it's it's just great. I I always love it. I love it so much. So the, uh, but yeah, what about you guys? Anyone? Nobody in no, nobody eats on Sundays. Michael, Michael, what are you what are you doing on Sundays? You, you mentioned that a little bit. I definitely don't have anybody holding snacks in a purse for me. <laughs> I mean, it's it's handy. It's a handy. It's, it's, it's yeah, is it? That's a list of the Proverbs thirty-one woman right That's there. <laughs> Collects flax, brings it home, and puts snacks in a purse. Flax and snacks. Flax That's and it. snacks. No, Miss Casey is supreme. She it's is absolutely. doing a good job for you. Uh, yeah, I I actually eat very light on Sundays. I I'll have maybe only. I don't try and over-caffeinate of a cup of coffee more just because I'm waking up and then I might have a piece of toast with peanut butter on it or something simple. I don't really do a lot of dairy and I don't like, I won't do mochas, frappuccinos. I won't do fancy stuff. I just keep it pretty simple. Drink a lot of, a lot of water, keep my stomach full of water, hydrate. And yeah, it is really sad because it's in our culture. You know, we want to put out stuff in our green room, appreciate all our volunteers. They work hard. They're there all weekend, Saturday and Sunday. But I don't eat any of it. If I do eat something, it'll be a kind bar because it's just pretty much a bunch of nuts, a couple little bit of dried fruit. That's it. There you go. What about you, Joe? Yeah, very similar. Just keep it really light because usually, for me, I'm never sure what I'm going to eat. It's going to mess up my <laughs> me mess me up vocally. Yep. And uh, so yeah, I might have a cup of coffee when I first get up and with my journaling and just my quiet, but. Um, then I pretty much lay off until after I'm done and um, maybe it'd be smarter to eat some things along the way, but it always felt like whatever I eat ends up, I end up wishing I hadn't. Uh, 
because yeah. uh, it affects me vocally somehow. So, um, so I usually lay very low as far as food intake on, on a Sunday until I'm done. I can't tell you how many youth groups I've played for that started with cheap pizza. Oh my gosh. And then oh. you're, the service starts and you're like, bro, that was a bad idea. <laughs> Pastor's like, you okay? I'm not going to be able to lead today. I don't know how that, uh, the, anyway, but so I totally get that, that, but what about you, Andy? What do you I'm actually finding um, this topic quite difficult because uh, I haven't had any dinner yet, and it's 10 p.m. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm just thinking. But your voice sounds great. How I could literally anything. I, I'm probably like you, Jason. Like protein is the best way to start the day. So a full English. You, you guys must know, you know, all the ingredients oh, wow. of a full English breakfast. Tell us again, though. Yeah. So. So, so a bit of sausage, sausages, bacon, eggs, maybe tomato, like mushrooms, perhaps maybe some beans. Go easy on the bread, though. I do agree. Not not too many, not too many carbs and stuff. A uh, bit of black pudding. Do you know? Do you black? Yeah, no, no idea. Uh, Tell us what is black pudding. Well, I, I don't. I don't have black pudding, but black pudding is it's it's it's, it's, it's basically it's blood and fat. Basically, that's what it is. Dude, no, bro. Sounds like I should never try that. I don't. And there's some things in the Bible about not eating blood, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. Or if you go, if you go to Scotland, you can have a bit. You have a white, um, white pudding. So that's kind of like haggis. It's a bit of sheep's stomach. Mm-hmm. I'm not hungry anymore. I can just go ahead and skip my next meal. Yeah, America had a war against the British oppressors, so they didn't have to eat that stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Or yeah. play cricket during the summer. Somebody just turned the podcast off. That's all I know. But it's, it's her it's her freedom you've been set free. So you don't have to eat any kind of pudding from there, you know. Grant, what about Grant, what about you? I what are you other than oh. Baraka, whatever, what it, uh, Vegemite, definitely. Oh. <laughs> I'm not even going to explain that. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I, I I feel that, you know, like some sort of uh, grains and nuts and stuff like that in the morning is yep. like something that's slow to digest, I'm saying. You know, and it's got to be slow to digest. And so it's still sort of slowly giving me the energy I need for several hours after I've eaten it. That's about as – plus my Baraka. That's all I'm going to do. I have to know, yeah. has anybody ever snuck out during the sermon to go eat something and not made it back in time, maybe? Has that, anybody ever yeah, done that? I, and a few close calls. Close calls. I've done a McMuffin. I've got to, I've got to confess. Oh, yeah. you, you, you've not made it back? No, no, I've made it back. I made okay. it back. Oh, you've made it back. I've, yeah, I've, Sorry. it's like my worst fear is that the pastor is going to like call me up or pray and I'm not in the room or I'm not. And within earshot of the of it, and it's like ah. So I yeah. And anyway, you guys, so, this is go ahead. So just because we're talking about how do you maintain your energy on a Sunday morning? So in the early days at at Willow, we had three services. We had plus rehearsals really early before then, and I always had to come and play the piano at the end of of the message. Yeah. So. So I curl up next to my best friend who was on the vocal team. And, and I'm, I said, I'm dead tired. I said, just wake me up when Bill's done, you know? So I, I close my, I, I fall asleep. Just, you know, it was like the last service, whatever. So of course my friend in the last second goes, all of a sudden he goes, go, go, go. Oh, no. jump up. 
and I'm flying oh, down the aisle along to get to the piano, and Bill's still talking. <laughs> <laughs> he was, he, and and Larry's back in the seat, just laughing his head <laughs> off as I'm slinking back, trying to trying to sit back down. Oh my gosh! So last time I tried that one, but that never that again slept during the service. No, never no. again. Well, you know, oh it just gosh. occurs to me that it's like this is the great story, Joe. But, you know, I talked before, and I think we all sort of talked before about this idea that the songs we're presenting is a vehicle. <laughs> Ultimately, we need to realize that my body is also a vehicle, you know, for what we're hoping God is doing in the room uh, in this moment. And, uh, you know, that's that's the ultimate. The reason why we might be careful about what we eat or getting enough sleep is because we want to be the vehicle for what God's doing in that moment too, right? Yep. Well said. Like, oh, this is this is a good. It's conversation. like uh, it's like Jackie Chan. I am the weapon. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna go yeah. ahead and conclude this podcast. <laughs> we, uh, thanks for everybody. Thanks Before so much for. Urine I'm gonna go. Out, I'm gonna go out now. Anybody, and we'll just see you guys next time on the on the, the table. Have a great week. <laughs>